ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with our studies into the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam we've been looking at several ahadith regarding various topics we have discussed the topics of intention and sincerity we have discussed the topics of innovation and warning from it we've discussed the topic of the characteristics of the people of paradise and today we come to the fifth hadith which is the hadith of Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafi qal qultu ya rasulullah qul li fil islam qawlan لا أسأل عنه أحدا بعدك قال قل آمنت بالله ثم استقم رواه مسلم So this is a hadith which is found in Sahih Muslim The hadith of Sufyan ibn Abdullah الثقفي He came this man, he came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he asked him a question. He said to the messenger, Ya Rasulullah, O messenger of Allah, and this is how the companions used to address the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They did not used to say, O oh Muhammad, Ya Muhammad. They didn't used to say that. They used to say, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Nabi Allah, O oh Messenger of Allah, O oh Prophet of Allah. They used to address him with the address of the messengership and the address of the prophethood. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, أو messenger of Allah قل لي في الإسلام قولا لا أسأل عنه أحدا بعدك He said, O oh messenger of Allah, tell me Tell me something regarding Islam Something important Something vital, something key That I don't Ask anybody else about after you. I'm asking you, O Messenger of Allah, tell me the important thing, the vital thing, something very precise, some extremely precise benefit for me regarding Islam. Advise me with something. So what did the Prophet wasallam say to him? He said, Say, آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقِمْ When the man said, tell me, what is it, a statement that I can make, 
a statement in Islam which is the important statement, something vital. So the Prophet ﷺ said to him, say, Amantu Billah. Say that I have believed in Allah, that I have iman in Allah, thumma staqim. Then after that, be upright. Say, I have iman in Allah. And that of course includes all of the aspects of iman. Because when you look at the six pillars of iman, the first pillar from the six pillars of iman is iman in Allah. Then iman in the angels and the prophets and the books and the day of judgment and the decree. All of those six pillars of iman, they return back to and are all connected to the first pillar. The iman in Allah, the iman in the angels, the iman in the prophets, in all of the books that were revealed in the day of judgment, in the decree, all of that is connected to and built upon your iman in Allah. So the head of all of the pillars of iman is the iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, say that I have iman in Allah. And that incorporates all of those affairs. Therefore, Iman in Allah, in this religion, in everything, the revelation. Because all of that comes down to your Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, ثُمَّ stakim. Then be upright. Meaning here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has given him an advice which has two parts to it. The first part is the knowledge, the statements. Say that you have iman in Allah. But then with that knowledge, with that iman comes action. Knowledge and action together. The Prophet ﷺ didn't just tell him, say amantu billah and that's it. That I have iman in Allah and that's it, you're okay. Rather he said, say I have iman in Allah. And then be righteous and upright. Meaning act upon that iman. Do your deeds upon that iman. And that is the key thing for a Muslim. Because this religion, all of it, is based upon knowledge and actions, al-ilm wal-amal, knowledge and actions. The religion is not just knowledge by itself, without acting and doing your worship. And it is not just worship without knowledge. How do we know that? Because we say it in every single raka'ah of every single prayer that we pray. اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ You ask Allah in every raka'ah that you pray, 
اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the straight path. Guide us to the upright way. To the upright methodology. صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ To the path of those whom you have blessed. Guide us to that path. To the path of those whom you have blessed. In every raka'ah, in every prayer, you are making dua to Allah. That He guides you to that straight path. And that is why the Prophet wasallam used to make dua. Ya muqallib al-qulubi thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O oh Allah, the one who changes the hearts of the people, keep my heart firm upon your religion. Nobody should ever think that they are safe and sound and secure. You do not know what the plan is, what the decree is. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى مَا يَكُونُ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ إِلَّا ذِرَاعٌ فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَيَدْخُلُهَا أو فَيَدْخُلُهَا that a person, he may be upon goodness and righteousness, doing all of the actions of the people of paradise, the types of actions and worship that would enter you into paradise. Maybe a person spends his whole life doing them, doing the goodness and doing the righteousness, being upon piety. But then the hadith says, فَيَسْبِقُ عَلَيْهِ الْكِتَابِ Then the decree, the decree for that person is such that he chooses misguidance. He allows his heart to go upon that misguidance and as a consequence ends up doing the actions of shirk and kufr and ends up in the hellfire. Maybe a person apostates at the end of his lifetime. And that's why Ash-Shaykh Al-Athaymeen, Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned, that when a person dies, when a person is upon his deathbed, it is mentioned, Ash-Shaykh Al-Athaymeen said, that the shaitan will often utilize that moment, that moment of death when it comes upon you, the shaitan utilizes that opportunity. So he comes to a person perhaps in the appearance of the father of that individual and says to that individual who is dying, pretending or upon the appearance of his father and he comes to him at the moment of death, close to death, whispers to him, My son, my son, this religion of yours is not correct. Leave this religion of yours before you die. Meaning the religion of Tawheed. As Shaykh al says, the shaitan comes perhaps and whispers to an individual moments to his death and he comes in the appearance of the father of that individual, the parents of that individual and whispers to him, my son, this religion of yours is not correct. Leave this religion of yours. 
and perhaps an individual who is weak at that moment of death upon him, then perhaps those whisperings overcome him, and he dies upon kufr and shirk. So a person always asks Allah to keep him firm upon that upright pathway. The pathway of those whom Allah has blessed. Who are the ones that Allah has blessed? Sirat al-ladheena an'amta alayhim. Who are they? They are the, the prophets and the messengers and The prophets and messengers is one. Who else? The truthful, the siddiqeen, the shuhada, the martyrs, and the salihin, the righteous, and the pious. They are the ones whom Allah has blessed. The prophets and the messengers, and the martyrs, and the righteous, and the truthful. These are the types of characteristics a Muslim desires to be upon for the characteristics that are achievable of them. They are the ones whom Allah has blessed, and they are the ones whom you are asking Him to guide you upon their pathway. That is the istiqama that you want. That is the uprightness that you want upon that way of knowledge and action. Because straight after that, what do you say? غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِينَ not upon the pathway of those whom your anger is upon, and nor those who have gone astray. Who are the ones whom Allah's anger is upon? They are every people who have knowledge, but do not act upon their knowledge. The one who has knowledge, he knows knows what is upon him to do, knows what the revelation of Allah is, knows what the knowledge is, but does not act upon his knowledge, then that is the type of characteristic that Allah's anger is upon. They are the people, the ones who have knowledge, they know, but they refuse and they hide it and they do not act upon it. As for what Allah they are the ones who have gone astray. How did they go astray? Because they attempted, they tried to worship Allah, but without knowledge. Worship Allah upon ignorance. Worship Allah upon their desires. So you ask Allah in every raka'ah that you pray, in every raka'ah of every prayer, you ask Allah to keep you safe and away from the pathway of those who have knowledge but do not act upon that knowledge. And from the pathway of those who try to act but without knowledge upon ignorance and desires. Because the way of the Muslim, the Salafi, Sunni, is that you act upon knowledge. Knowledge and actions. This is one of the key aspects of our religion. Knowledge and actions. That's why here the Prophet 
advise the man with knowledge and actions. Because as we've mentioned many a time before, the scholars give the example of the tree. If you grow a tree and you have the trunk of the tree and the branches of the tree, it's there. That is the knowledge. But the actions that you do, they are the fruits that you get from that tree. So if you act on the knowledge, then the leaves and the fruits, they are upon the tree. But if you do not act upon your knowledge, you have the knowledge but you do not act upon it, then it is like you have the trunk of the tree and the branches and the twigs. But there are no leaves, there is no greenery, there is no fruit. There is not even any shade under it because of the barren branches and twigs. That is the one with knowledge who does not act upon his knowledge. Rather what you require is knowledge and action upon that knowledge. That is why Allah said in Surah Al-Asr, Wal-Asr, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاسَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ That all of mankind is in loss. By time, indeed, all of mankind is in certain loss. Except, who are the ones Allah tells us are saved from the loss and the destruction that all of mankind is in otherwise? The ones who do, they have the knowledge, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا They have the iman. That is the first characteristic. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ They have the iman, the knowledge, and they do the righteous actions. That is where salvation is. Knowledge and actions. As well as the truth and patience. All of that required. Not just knowledge alone without acting upon it. And not just actions without knowledge upon your desires and ignorance. That will be bid'ah, as we discussed in the opening couple of narrations. It is about practicing the religion in accordance to the knowledge. Where is that knowledge? In the Qur'an, in the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. Knowledge is what Allah has said. Knowledge is what the messenger has said. قَالَ اللَّهِ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Knowledge is not what your desires dictate to you. Knowledge is not what your mind makes up for you. And that's why Ali ibn Abi Talib said, رضي الله عنه, لو كان الدين بالرأي لكان المسح على باطن الخف أولى من ظاهره. That if the religion was based upon intellect and your own desires and your own thoughts, what you think is logical, then when you wipe on the socks for wudu, your mind would tell you that it is more logical to wipe on the bottom side of your socks. That is what your intellect would tell you. Wipe on the bottom side of your socks. That is where you walk, that is where the dirt and the dust is. But the religion tells us no. The religion tells us you wipe on the top side of your socks. 
not under the bottom. So we see that our religion is upon knowledge, and it is upon action, worship, obedience, your deeds that you do. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said on the day of judgment, on the day of judgment, whomsoever finds goodness in his deeds that is done in his books, then let him praise Allah. And whomsoever finds other than that, then do not blame except yourself. In the hadith Qudsi, Allah said, إِنَّمَا هِيَ أَعْمَالُكُمْ أَحْصِيهَا لَكُمْ They are your deeds, your actions, that we keep a record of and we account you upon. فَمَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلِحْمَدِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسَهِ They are your deeds. Allah says in the hadith Qudsi, they are your deeds, your actions. We account them upon you. We hold you accountable upon them. So whomsoever from you finds goodness on that day, then let him thank Allah. And whomsoever finds bad, then do not blame anybody except yourself. So here when the man came to the Prophet ﷺ, and he said, O Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, قُلْ لِي فِي الْإِسْلَامِ قَوْلًا Tell me something in Islam, a statement. Give me some statement, give me some precise words that I do not ask anybody else besides you regarding it after you. So the Messenger said, Say, آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ I have iman in Allah, in this religion, in the revelation, the Qur'an, the sunnah. And then, ثُمَّ stakim, Then be upright upon it. Act upon it and be righteous and be pious. That is the two things. Have the knowledge and act upon the knowledge. فَرَتَّبَ عَلَى الْإِيمَانِ وَالْإِسْتِقَامَةِ السَّلَامَةِ مِنْ جَمِيعِ الشُّرُورِ وَحُصُولِ الْجَنَّةِ وَجَمِيعِ الْمَحَابِ The one who does this has iman and knowledge and acts upon it, then Allah has made a promise for those people in the Qur'an. Allah mentions, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا Those who say that indeed our Lord is Allah, Indeed, our Lord is Allah. And what does it mean those who say that indeed our Lord is Allah? It is not simply just saying it. It is acting upon it. You understand that your Lord is Allah. You understand that He is the creator of everything around you. He is the one who provides for you. He is the one who sustains you then you understand He is the one who is deserving of the worship alone, without any association of partners besides Him. And that's why Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullahu ta'ala mentioned regarding this issue, فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَكَ لِعِبَادَتِهِ فَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْعِبَادَةِ لَا تُسَمَّى عِبَادَةِ إِلَّا مَعَ التَّوْحِيدِ كَمَا أَنَّ الصَّلَاةِ لَا تُسَمَّى صَلَاةِ إِلَّا مَعَ الطَّهَارَةِ 
فإذا دخل الشرك في العبادة فسدت كالحدث إذا دخل في الطهارة That if you know and you understand that Allah has created you for His worship, then you need to understand that worship is not worship unless it is done upon Tawheed. Just like prayer is not prayer unless you do it upon wudu, tahara, purification. So if the shirk enters into your worship, it breaks the Tawheed, breaks your worship, gone. Just like when you break your wudu, it breaks your prayer, gone. You need to go and repeat the wudu before you can pray. Same with Tawheed, your worship and your actions and everything you do, it will only be accepted upon the basis of Tawheed. When the Prophet ﷺ sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhuma ila al-Yaman to Yemen, in the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, he said that the Prophet ﷺ said to Mu'adh ibn Jabal, إِنَّكَ تَأْتِي قَوْمًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ You're going to come to a group of people from the people of the book. فَلْيَكُنْ أَوَّلَ مَا تَدْعُهُمْ إِلَيْهِ شَهَادَةُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ so make sure the first thing you call them to is the Tawheed, the testimony of faith, La ilaha illallah. There is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So the ones who say, Qalu Rabbuna Allah, Thumma Staqamu, then they are upright, upright upon this religion, pushing away the whisperings of the shaitan. And the two main methods by which the shaitan comes to you, to whisper to you, to take you away from this istiqama, to take you away from this uprightness, is through doubts and desires. Ashubuhat wa shahawat. Doubts regarding your religion. Doubts regarding your aqidah. Doubts regarding your affair of understanding and iman. And as for the shahawat, desires of the soul. Desires of what the soul wants in this world. Chasing after the glitters of this world. Shaitan comes to you in those two ways. Diverts you away from the istiqama. From the uprightness on the religion, either through doubts, filling your mind with doubts about your religion, about your aqidah, about your practice, about all of this religion, doubts, taking you away into incorrect beliefs. And secondly, through desires, pushing your soul to go and follow the desires of haram. The desires of haram pushing you into those sins. This is how the shaitan wishes to take you away from the straight path. The scholars have mentioned also when the shaitan attempts to take you away from the straight path, then the shaitan is not happy to simply remove you from the straight path. Rather the shaitan wants to remove you from the straight path and then take you away and away and away far from where the straight path was. Shaitan is not content 
to just take you off the straight path and leave you there. Rather, he desires to take you off the straight path and carry on taking you far away. So that even if you one day stop and realize what has become of you, and you wish to return back to the truth, you turn around and you can no longer see where the straight path has gone. Such is the deviance the shaitan has taken you upon. So an individual, he strives. قَالُوا رَبُّنَا اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ The angels descend upon those people who have iman and they are upright. أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا Saying to them, do not fear and do not grieve. Those who have iman and they do righteous actions and they know this world is temporary. A few days and a few nights and the death will be upon them. Just like billions of people before us have come. A few days and a few nights and death has taken them. A person who knows and recognizes that knows he is only passing through for a moment of time, blink of an eye upon this earth, then he puts his priorities to the hereafter, puts his priorities to the afterlife. For those, the angels, they come to them and they say, do not fear and do not grieve. Meaning, do not fear of what is to come in the afterlife. Because for them, will be goodness. لا تخافوا, do not fear of what is to come for you. ولا تحزنوا, do not grieve upon that which has gone by before. They are upon iman and righteousness and action. So they are told, لا تخافوا. العلامة السعدي himself, رحمه الله, in his tafsir, he said, لا تخافوا, meaning do not fear of what is to come. And لا تحزنوا, do not grieve upon what has gone by. You are upon iman, you are upon righteousness. For you is the promise of good. Just like in the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabal, رضي الله عنه, أتدري ما حق الله على العباد, وما حق العباد على الله? Do you know what the right of Allah is upon his servants, and what the right of the servants is upon Allah? قال الله ورسوله أعلم, قال, حق الله على العباد أن يعبدوه ولا يشركوا به شيئا. The right of the servant of Allah, the right of Allah upon his servants is that they worship him and do not commit any shirk. وحق العباد على الله, the right of the servants upon Allah, and we do not have any rights. But this is the, the fadl of Allah upon us, blessing and virtue of Allah upon us. أَلَّا يُعَذِّبَ مَنْ لَا يُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا That Allah will not punish the one who does not commit shirk with him. So the individuals, they are told, لَا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ And have glad tidings of the paradise that you were promised. Have glad tidings of the paradise that is to come. They are the people of Iman and they are the people of uprightness in this world because this world is for exactly that purpose. 
أيكم أحسن عملا The one who created the death and the life to test you. Which of you is the best in action? Which of you is the best in your deeds? Then on that day will be the balancing of your deeds. On that day will be the balancing of your deeds. So in this hadith, we learn some very important benefits. The benefits regarding the advice of the Prophet ﷺ that revolve around knowledge and action. Knowledge of the religion and learning it, and then acting upon it. That is how the Salaf used to be. There are narrations from some of the Salaf. They used to say, he said, if the angel of death came to my door right now, there is nothing more I could do in my day today. He has filled his day with ibadah, filled his day with worship completely, using his time, utilizing it in the remembrance of Allah completely. He said, if the angel of death came right now, there's nothing more I could do. Whereas us, if the angel of death came, then the person would think this whole day, has gone and I have barely done anything in the remembrance of Allah. This whole day has gone and I have not recited an ayah of the Qur'an. I have not read a hadith from the sunnah, not done any of the du'as, the supplications of the day, the morning, the prayers, the evening. So a person needs to examine himself, needs to examine his state. And that is the purpose of this knowledge. We go through these ahadith, not just robotically going through it, explaining it, everybody go. Rather to take the benefit from it. To take some understanding from the speech of the Prophet ﷺ here. The revelation, the Qur'an, the sunnah. So that it may impact upon us. May impact upon us and we may benefit from it. The second hadith we'll briefly cover today as well. Is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Amr. رضي الله عنهما قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المسلم من سلم المسلمون من لسانه ويده والمهاجر من هجر ما نهى الله عنه متفق عليه وزاد الترمذي والنسائي والمؤمن من أمنه الناس على دمائهم وأموالهم وَزَادَ الْبَيْهَقِي وَالْمُجَاهِدُ مَنْ جَاهَدَ نَفْسَهُ فِي طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ Here the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The Muslim, the Muslim, is the one whom the other Muslims are safe from him, from his tongue and from his hand. A Muslim meaning is not a person who oppresses others. They are safe from your tongue. You will not backbite them. You will not lie about them. You will not spread stories and tales about them. They are safe from your tongue. And they are safe from your hand. You will not oppress them in a physical manner. And that is why Allah said in the hadith Qudsi, 
إني حرمت الظلم على نفسي وجعلته بينكم محرما فلا تظالموا I have made oppression haram upon myself Allah said I have made oppression haram upon myself Allah does not oppress anyone and I have made it haram between you so do not oppress one another do not wrong one another and how often the people they fall into that into the backbiting of another individual into the lying about another individual deceiving other individuals do they not know the great threat which has been mentioned upon these evil characteristics ayuhibbu ahadukum an ya'kula lahma akhihi mayta fakarhtum would one of you love to eat the meat of his dead brother Certainly you despise that. That is the example of the one who backbites, the one who spreads stories and tales, and the namima carries stories. I heard this about them, and I heard this about him, spreading rumors and stories and carrying tales. Then the Prophet ﷺ said about that type of person, when he walked past two graves, And he said, إِنَّهُمَا لَيُعَذَّبَانِ مَرَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عِلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِقَبَرَيْنِ فَقَالْ إِنَّهُمَا لَيُعَذَّبَانِ The Prophet ﷺ walked past the two graves and he said, Indeed they are being punished. Punishment of the grave. أَمَّا أَحَدُهُمَا فَكَانَ يَمْشِ بِالنَّمِيمَةِ One of them because he used to go around spreading those stories and tales, carrying the tales between people to cause corruption and problems. وَأَمَّا الْآخَرَ فَكَانَ لَا يَسْتَنْزِهُ مِنَ الْبَوْلِ وَفِي الرِّوَايَةِ فِي الرِّوَايَةِ كَانَ لَا يَسْتَتِرُ مِنَ الْبَوْلِ A person who never used to look after himself when urinating, never used to cover himself, never used to take care with his hygiene, that will be punishment of the grave also. In fact, in one narration it mentions the majority of the punishment of the grave is upon the individuals not looking after themselves when they urinate. Not being hygienic and clean, not sitting. Instead they stand. Where have you learnt these mannerisms of standing? Sitting. To sit and urinate is the manner of cleanliness. That is the manner of hygiene. That is what a person should do. Yes, it is permitted to stand. But the sitting is where the hygiene is and that is where the recommendation is. So the majority of the punishment of the grave, it is mentioned, is upon that. Urinating, splashes, etc. Punishment of the grave upon that. So al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wa yadih. A Muslim is the one who has these beautiful characteristics that the other Muslims, they are safe from him. They don't have to worry about this particular brother. They know he is sound and safe. He will guard and protect the affair. He will not harm them. He will not oppress them. He will not speak bad and lie and transgress against them. They are the characteristics you want from a brother. 
They are the characteristics you want from the sister, from the Muslim, from the believer. You do not want the characteristic that the people, they abandon you fearing your evil. That is from the worst of the people. That people, they stay away from you because of your evil. Because of your bad character. Because they know you lie and you deceive. And they don't want to fall into your trap. They don't want to fall into your lying and deception and what you do. So they stay away from you. That is the worst of the people. The one who other people stay away from due to his evil. So do not be upon those characteristics. Be upon the characteristics of a Muslim. Be upon the characteristics of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. كَانَ خُلُقُهُ الْقُرْآنَ As Aisha radiyallahu anha said, his mannerisms were like the Qur'an. وَالْمُهَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَا نَهَا اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And the muhajir, the Prophet said, the muhajir is the one who makes hajar of what Allah has forbidden. Meaning he abandons, abandons what Allah has forbidden upon him. That is the muhajir. Like we talk about the muhajirun and the ansar. The muhajirun left Mecca and went to Medina. Here the Prophet said the muhajir is the one who leaves the sins. Leave all of the evil and the wrongdoing and abandon it. Make hijrah from it. Leave all of the sinning and the wrongdoing there. Make hijrah from it. You are the muhajir. This is how the Prophet ﷺ explained it. Then also, وَالْمُؤْمِنُ مَنْ أَمِنَهُ النَّاسُ عَلَى دِمَائِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ The believer is the one who other believers are safe with their wealth and their blood from him. They know he will not transgress upon them to take their wealth. They will not transgress upon them to take their blood, to kill them, to murder them. That is the Muslim, the one who is safe guarding of himself and his brothers and sisters. The one who is safe guarding of himself and others. They are the righteous characteristics the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. That is the mu'min. Mention this as being the mu'min. If you have iman, you want to have iman and the perfection of iman, one of the characteristics is that you don't harm the other Muslims. You don't harm the other brothers and sisters amongst you. That is a characteristic of your iman. And if you harm them, that indicates your iman is weak. The Muslim who harms his brothers and sisters, oppresses them and wrongs them, then it shows your iman is weak. Wal-mujahidu in the narration of Al-Bayhaqi, in the addition of it, Wal-mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah. And the mujahid, the mujahid is the one who strives upon the worship of Allah. The mujahid. What does the word mujahid mean in Arabic? It means somebody who strives, pushes himself. The Prophet said in that edition, the mujahid, the one who strives and pushes himself, in reality, is the one who strives and pushes himself upon worship, upon the obedience to Allah, upon worship to Allah, fulfilling the commandments, because he knows in the end, that will be his accountability that he will be judged on. That will be the accountability on the weighing scale for him on that day. 
So he is the mujahid in his worship, strives in his worship, patient upon his worship, patient upon performing that ibadah, staying away from the whisperings of the shaitan and blocking him. Whenever the shaitan whispers to him evil, blocks him and opens the Qur'an and starts reading instead. Blocks the whisperings of the shaitan and comes and attends the lesson instead of wasting his time elsewhere. That is the mujahid, the one who strives upon goodness and righteousness for himself. Allah told you, protect yourselves and your families from the fire. How will you protect yourselves and your families from the fire? If you remain upon ignorance walking the streets until your lives they come to an end, and neither have you sat in gatherings of knowledge in your life ever with any seriousness, neither have you learnt anything from the basics of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and all of your life has been walking on the streets from one street to the next street, until your appointed time comes upon you, then will be the regret when the afterlife comes. So an individual needs to recognize, needs to recognize where he is and what his situation is, needs to recognize the importance of learning the religion, the Qur'an, the Sunnah, and practicing it and implementing it. That is where we'll conclude today with those two hadith. Next time, We'll start on hadith number 7, which is the opposite of what we talked about today. Today we talked about some of the types of characteristics a Muslim needs to have. Iman and knowledge, and to be safeguarding of your tongue and your hand from other Muslims, against other Muslims, not to be evil, to be good. These are good characteristics a Muslim needs to have. Next time we're going to start with a hadith, which talks about the characteristics of the munafiqeen, the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? What are their characteristics? That is the narration that will be talked about next. That's the narration the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that there are signs of who a hypocrite is. There are signs which will let you know that this person is a hypocrite. So what are those signs? That's what we will learn next time. So that you can make sure you are not doing any of those signs. You are not falling into any of those signs. So inshallah ta'ala will conclude upon that for tonight. I will carry on with that next hadith in the next session, which will be in a fortnight as you're aware. So we'll conclude upon that. If there's any questions for a few minutes, we can take anything which is possible. Otherwise we'll leave it there. If there are no questions, then there is an announcement. The announcement is that with several lessons that have been going on in several other Salafi Masajid as well, I have some of these lectures in other mosques too. In other places now, we've started doing memorization programs for the students who are serious when they want to start learning their religion to a higher level, to start memorizing some of the basic parts of the Qur'an and of the Sunnah and basic books of the scholars so that you can increase your level of knowledge.
So it is suitable that we should do something here for those who are able. It's a completely optional thing. Completely optional for those who wish to participate. For those who wish to push themselves to the higher level of knowledge. So we'll set some homework to memorize some hadith, for example, or some other basic explanations about iman and the religion. And you have to memorize those. And if you do that, slowly you build and build and build. And by the time a year goes by, two years go by, you notice you've memorized hundreds of hadith. Hundreds of hadith from the sunnah. So inshallah ta'ala will begin something like that here. Optional as I said, whoever wants to participate, they can participate. If nobody wants to participate, then as the poet he said, if you see your friends up in the skies and you see yourself down on the ground, then you can look at your own self in regret. You see your friends up in the skies, meaning they are seeking the knowledge, they are striving, they are memorizing, they are doing the business, they are learning properly up in the skies, memorizing knowledge, hadith. And you see yourself down on the ground and they're up there. Why do you see yourself down on the ground? Because you can't put the effort in and you can't be bothered. So then only have the regret for yourself. If you see them up in their sky and you see yourself down on the ground, only put regret on yourself. So like we say, it is optional. But those who want to try to get to the next level and to the higher level of knowledge, then they should strive. So we'll set the homework from now for those who want to participate. Initially the idea was maybe to memorize this book, but it's not one of the texts particularly per se that the scholars mention as a memorization text. There are other ahadith books that can be done for that. So we'll begin with something simple and easy. Al-Qawa'id al-Arba' Small easy book which can easily be completed in a fortnight. But nevertheless, due to the gentle nature that we have, we'll make it half of the book in two weeks' time. Half of the book of Al-Qawa'id al-Arba' and half of the book is what? About one page. The book is about two pages long. So memorize the first page of Al-Qawa'id al-Arba' The introduction and the first principle. The introduction and the first principle in two weeks time. That is the homework, optional homework for whoever wants to participate. And if nobody wants to participate, then so be it. But whoever wants to and they want to push themselves, Al-Qawa'id al-Arba'a is the first text, easy text, from the uh, level one texts. So memorize the introduction and the first principle. That will be the beginning of the memorization program here. And in two weeks time after the lesson, I will sit down with the brothers who participate, who want to participate, and we'll sit down and we'll read and we'll test. So inshallah ta'ala, that's what we'll conclude for tonight. And we'll meet again in a couple of weeks, inshallah.